Come on. Well, I'm Lifeblood. This is George G, and the time is right. Welcome to our monthly book club, and welcome our author, strong and powerful Emily Guy Burke. And welcome, Emily. Thank you for having me. Excited to have you on. Emily is a former educator. She's a lifelong money nerd, Plutus award-winning freelance writer specializing in the scientific research behind irrational money behavior. She's the author of five books. Her newest is Stacked, Your Super Serious Guide to Modern Money Management. Emily, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and what motivated you to write the book. Uh, so I, um, I live in Milwaukee with my family. I've got, uh, I'm married to a mechanical engineer, um, and we have two sons who are 11 and eight. Um, so, uh, that's, um, and then we've also got a retired racing greyhound and a cat who is sometimes a throw pillow. Um, so that's, that's my, my personal life in a nutshell. Um, I have been writing in the personal finance sphere since 2010, um, I tripped and fell backwards into it um, because of a, a badly timed baby plus a move. Um, I was not going to be able to teach, which is uh, what I'm trained as. I'm trained as a high school English teacher. And so the original plan was I was going to take a year off. Um, but I, I did a little bit of uh, creative or creative writing all my life. And I thought I could maybe do some freelancing to bring a little bit of money coming in um, during that year that I, I was going to stay home with the baby. And one of my first clients was a financial website. Um, so I uh, am a lifelong money nerd. My dad was a financial planner, so it's not completely out of left field, like, you know, literature than money. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, it's, it fit me like a glove. It was just a great fit to uh, spend my time researching things uh, that I was very interested in and then bringing kind of a, um, a different spin to it than people who uh, majored in finance or who, you know, had business backgrounds. So um, about four years ago, a friend of mine reached out to me, Joe Saul Cihai, who is my co-author on Stacked, um, and asked if I'd be interested in writing a book with him. Um, he very much wanted to put together a lighthearted guide to money, and he thought that I'd be a good fit. Uh, and I was very excited about that. Um, partially just the idea of working with a friend sounded fun, um, partially because uh, I really love including jokes and humor and pop culture references and things like that in what I write. And a lot of times that gets edited out because um, if you know I'm writing for someone like Forbes, they're very much, we just want the facts, ma'am. Mm. <laughs> uh, so even my most gentle of jokes will, will just get edited out. Um, and let alone, you know, I don't even try the, the kind of hemorrhoid jokes that I'd like to write. <laughs> Uh, so that was the second reason why I was really psyched about, about this project was, you know, I, I would um, get to let my humor off the leash. And it seemed like a fantastic creative uh, challenge to, 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 you know, be funny, to, to, you know, really encourage myself to be funny. Uh, and then the third reason why I was interested in it is um, because of my, my most recent book prior to Stacked. Um, it's a book called End Financial Stress Now. And I wrote it specifically because uh, a lot of the stress we carry about money is unnecessary. And that's not to say that, you know, you can live 
stress-free money-wise. But a lot of times we're carrying money stress because of our own personal trauma, because of our uh, emotions, the, the, the way that we see the world um, in terms of morality, um, you know, just any number of things, neuroses, you know, personal experiences. And a lot of times we're putting that stress on ourselves and we can let go of it if we just change the way we look at things. And then not only will that help you feel better, but you'll make better financial decisions once you can kind of turn that corner in your mind. So that's why I wrote the book. Uh, but a friend of mine uh, who I went to college with, uh, she uh, bought a copy to support me, but she told me privately, she's like, I'm kind of terrified to read it. Mm. And I was like, oh my goodness, why? And she, her response was, um, because I'm afraid it's going to tell me I'm doing everything all wrong. Hmm. And I realized that no matter how, um, reassuring I am in, in my writing about money, uh, if someone is not the type of person who's going to pick up a money book, I can't help them. And so stacked was an opportunity to write a book that people who don't read money books will read. And so that was, uh, that was the third reason why I was very, very excited about this project. That makes sense. And did your friend eventually read the book? <laughs> that is a good question that I don't know the answer to. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get her on the phone right now. We need to, we need to get her on the horn. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's awesome. I, I, I appreciate, appreciate everything you said there. Um, going from being an English teacher to an actual author, were, were, were you writing? Obviously, teaching is different than doing. So mm -hmm. what, what was that transition like? Uh, so I have known I wanted to be a writer since I was tiny, I think, since I knew what writing was. Um, that, that's uh, There was a brief period when I was about eight when uh, I learned about Egypt, and I was very interested in becoming an archaeologist. Uh, like between Egypt and dinosaurs, I was like, digging things up sounds fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, but other than that, my entire life, I've known I wanted to write. Uh, and so my career has been this weird... Um, amalgam of things that were uh, writing adjacent or things that allowed me to write. Mm -hmm. And so teaching was kind of one of the writing adjacent um, uh, jobs. Um, <clears throat> I love kids. I love uh, working with kids, even the, the teenage kids. Um, one of the things I like about, um, I liked about teaching high school. And I know that like elementary school teachers are like, I don't get it, but is you can still see the, the kind of five-year-old inside um, and like, not talking down to them, but like speaking to that five-year-old um, and, and trying to um, engage that, that, that's uh, you know, childlike wonder that everyone has. Um, it's a little closer to the surface with, uh, with teenagers, um, although they, they like to bury it under, you know, cynicism and things like that. For sure. <clears throat> um, and so while I was, while I was teaching, it was very difficult to do any creative writing for myself. Although, you know, every summer that was something that I worked on. Um, and I loved bringing my creativity to my lesson plans. Um, so trying to find ways to uh, help the kids relate to something that they felt like was outside of their scope. So helping the kids relate to Romeo and Juliet um, was something that I like to do every. Um, and so things like, like having them take a um, something that you know was written in Shakespeare's English and turn it into text messages, hmm. you know, and and that give them give them that kind awesome. of creative challenge that helps them to better understand what's being said and then also recognize some of the things that are happening or things that they experience too. What a cool idea that is! 
and, 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 and how fun that's just, I fancy myself a creative person and I love every, what you just said, like, that sounds so cool and how to find, uh, and take a topic and make it innovative. Um, mm-hmm. just, just the way that you teach it. How do you, how, how did you think about when, when you're writing stacked, um, do you think about grownups and, and, and reaching that inner five-year-old? How, how, how are you thinking about that? Um, well, with Stacked, uh, one of the things was I was, uh, I was accessing my inner 14-year-old <laughs> okay. um, because uh, so Joe and I both have very, uh, similar senses of humor. So there, there are plenty of dad jokes because we both, both really funny that kind of, uh, that kind of humor. Um, and then uh, one of the things that I learned with teaching is that you are going to get someone's attention if you're funny or shocking. Um, and so, and that's, that sort of thing is, uh, um, a good way to then reach the inner five-year-old. <laughs> so for instance, when I was teaching, um, my, I would teach juniors, uh, I taught the book, A Prayer for Owen Meany by John Irving. And, um, I read aloud to my students, um, it, even the, you know, 17 year olds, I, I think benefit from being read aloud to, hmm. and I would intentionally time it so that my first read aloud day for a prayer for Owen Meany coincided with the first F bomb in the book. And I'd read it out loud and oh my goodness, like all the heads, like whipping around, like what did Ms. Birkin just say? I love it. And then that also activated the like, what's in this book? <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's amazing. And so, and so those, those sorts of, uh, of moments I know are going to be, um, helpful for kind of activating interest when it's something that you are not naturally interested in. So, uh, one of my favorite, um, uh, jokes that I made in the book was, um, in the, uh, chapter on investing, and just the intro to to investing. I'm explaining all the different um, things, and then I get to mutual funds. And for some reason, even though I've always been a money nerd, the word mutual fund sounds to me like the grownups in Peanuts. You know, we're like wah 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 wah. Like just my brain turns off. Totally. And I was sitting there going, like, how am I going to make this funny if I, who am a money nerd, am like. <laughs> Even though I, I understand the importance of mutual funds, I understand why um, why they're an important part of your portfolio. I understand how they work, but they just they don't feel fun in any way to me. And then I had this realization that mutual funds has the exact same uh, initials as Samuel L. Jackson's favorite word. Nice. <laughs> like I found my way in. Here know? we are. And if you just start imagining Samuel L. Jackson going mutual fund. Um, and then that, and so through, through the rest of the chapter, I just did MF. Um, and so that people would fill in and it just, that right there, you're, you're sitting there going like, oh, this is interesting. This is funny. And then you're more able to take in the, the, uh, the information, the, the teaching part of it. Yeah. I think that that's awesome. It does need to be need to be able to, to, to have it digestible and accessible mm-hmm. and all those all those terms, but mm-hmm. just, you, you need the thing to work, right? Yes. Yeah. You could write this amazingly brilliant book, but if it's not actually working, then, then you've wasted everybody's time. Precisely. Did, did you say that it's Joe, did you say he reached out to you four years ago? Yes. Um, that's, that's how long a book takes to come out <laughs> sometimes. So he reached out to me, it was summer of 2018. Um, and he had actually been trying to write a book for about 10 years. 
Um, he finally got it done. He gave it to his wife and she spent something like less than 20 minutes and handed it back to him and said, this is awful. (laughs) So they have that kind of relationship. Um, and he realized that, that, um, he, the, the, style he was going for didn't work for him because it was very uh, guru on the mountain type of thing. Um, And then um, he, you know, kind of rejiggered his idea. He wanted it to be, you know, playful. And, uh, and then he also had this realization, like it took me 10 years to write something awful. Why don't I partner with someone who I know knows how to write a book? Um, And so uh, I, I like to say, you know, like, he first he reached out to Salman Rushdie, who said no. Stephen King, he couldn't get a hold of. Agatha Christie's been dead for a while, and then he reached out to me. But sure. <laughs> in reality, I was his first choice. <laughs> um, and so um, I, uh, um, so we we started talking about it at that point, um, and there was quite a few ducks to get in a row. Like we wanted to have. Um, a, something in place, uh, an agreement in place between us, even before we found an agent, even before we wrote a proposal, all of that. Um, We spent some time interviewing agents and finding the agent we wanted. Um, We took quite a bit of time to write the first version of the proposal. And then our agent sent it back several times. She was very, very good in in making sure that our proposal was going to get the the best response. Um, And then, uh, so we ended up getting our contract in June of 2020. Hmm. So, um, and then uh, wrote the book over the end of 2020, turned it in, in uh, about January, 2021. And then uh, it came out December 28th, uh, 2021. So uh, it's not a quick process. Um, You know, if, if you're interested in writing a book, you need to know that you need to be in it for the process and not for the results. Um, and because it's, uh, it's not a quick process, it's not going to make you rich. Um, and, uh, even though there's this sense among, uh, authors that, you know, like once my book is published, you know, I'll wake up that morning and my skin will be clear and all my exes will, will be jealous of me and my life will be, my life will be perfect. And the, the clouds will part and the angels will sing and the sun will shine down. And that's not what happens. <laughs> That's not what happens at all. Um, and, uh, and so just recognizing why you're doing this. So, and, you know, Joe and I were very much on the same page of why we were doing this. Uh, you know, we wanted the, uh, the experience of writing the book together. Uh, we wanted to have something out there that was different from other, other finance books. Um, and we kind of wanted to find a, a new way to spread our message um, rather than because, you know, I mean, obviously we'd love for the book to be, <laughs> you know, runaway bestseller, of course. but that, that's, uh, is not, you know, the purpose of doing this. The purpose of doing this is to help people and finding a way to do that um, uh, on the long term is, is just uh, a wonderful thing to, to work on. And that provides, um, the gratification on a daily basis rather than that instant of like, yay, New York Times bestseller, or yay, it got published. I appreciate that. Well, it sounds like, it sounds like y'all did it the right way. So. <laughs> well, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. I love it. All right. So you, you, you wrote four books on your own, I, I'm guessing the first four and then mm-hmm. now one with, with somebody else. Mm-hmm. How, I mean, that just, fascinating right a horse or a camel is a horse made by a committee right (laughs) so how was that 
Uh, it actually, it worked very well. Um, so, and it, it helped me understand how much I enjoy collaboration, um, mm. which I, I have not had much of a chance to do. So uh, my first four books, one of the things that I've really appreciated about it is um, I did all four of them unagented. And so I was working directly with the publisher and at every step of the way, the publisher trusted me. Uh, so, um, you know, writing by committee is something that um, I, refuse to do. <laughs> um, I have done it before at various points in my career. And um, it's, it's something where like, I'm happy to take constructive criticism. I'm happy to take suggestions. You know, if there's something that you know about that I don't, please tell me. Um, so for instance, I, I cannot write titles. Like I, I, I consider myself a pretty good writer. I stink at titles. I cannot do that. Oh, <laughs> so I have not chosen the title of any of my books. Uh, and that's, you know what, that's fine. I'm, I'm to totally happy to do that. But if, you know, people are saying like, you know, don't do this, do that. Oh, don't do that, do the other. Don't do the other, do the third. <laughs> you know, that that is something that's really frustrating. So one of the great things about collaborating with Joe is uh, we came at it with the understanding that we each uh, our experts, um, and that, um, you know, we knew if we disagreed on something, we could talk it through and figure out how to make it work. Uh, and, um, most of all, because we're friends, we were going to have fun with it. Uh, one of the most fun things was, uh, the way we wrote the book is, uh, it's about 14 chapters and we, we split it, you know, we each took seven. And so we each wrote our chapters and then sent it to uh, the other person who, um, mostly was there to punch up the, the humor, um, you know, because we, we both feel very confident about the other's, uh, financial knowledge. Uh, and so we had this really fun thing of, I was writing for a very specific audience. I was writing to make Joe laugh. And so that is a lot easier than just writing to make somebody laugh. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Um, and, uh, as I told people while we were writing it, I said, well, I'm pretty sure it's going to be funny. I'm not sure it makes me and Joe laugh. So hopefully that'll work for other people too. Love it. And is there, is, is number six going to be a, a, a piece of fiction, a piece of creative writing? Oh, um, I do have a novel that um, I uh, am in the process of, um, I, I've sent it out to uh, um, agents, uh, got a lot of rejections, you know, want to paper my walls with them. Um, I'm probably going to uh, be doing some um, rewriting uh, and try again. And then I have another another uh, um, novel that I've been wanting to write for quite some time. And so I'm clearing my schedule to, to be able to take some time. It would be a young adult novel based on the Greek myth of um, Eurydice and Orpheus. <clears throat> so which we're all so really familiar with. To, um, but considering how long it takes for a book to go from beginning to, to publish, um, I, I doubt that'll be my next one. <laughs> it may be number seven or eight. Nice. Awesome. So what are you hoping that when somebody picks up Stacked, your super serious guide to modern money management, that, 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 that they will take away from it? Uh, I want them to take away the idea that um, money can be fun. Uh, a lot of people carry so much stress around money that they just, they don't think of it as something that can be enjoyable. And when you treat money as only slightly less fun than a colonoscopy, you avoid <laughs> it. 
So, um, so I'm hoping people will stop having that avoidance of, of their money. Um, and I'm hoping they can also take from it that you can make mistakes and bounce back and be successful. Um, we have this, uh, you know, life or death sense about money. Uh, and so that's why Joe and I were very um, open about mistakes that we have made in the book, because we want people to understand that um, it's not about perfect behavior. Um, it's about picking yourself up and starting again uh, when you do make a mistake. Well said. So I've got two boys, uh, five and two years old, and we spent a good amount of time digging with sticks and picking up rocks. Are you able to scratch that archaeology itch? <laughs> with uh, your kids, Emily? Uh, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, um, uh, less of the digging up sticks, uh, digging up with sticks that these days than there was, but uh, they do love those kinds of like science kits that uh, are, you know, a, a dinosaur that you, you have to excavate. So um, there will be times where like they'll get bored and mom will still be working. Yeah, on you'll, it. You'll, somebody's got to finish this. Yeah. <laughs> love it. Well, Emily, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you and where can they get a copy of Stacked, your super serious guide to modern money management? Uh, well, Lifeblood listeners can, um, uh, I have a welcome page on my website specifically for your listeners. It's emilyguyberkin.com forward slash LB. Uh, and so uh, when you go there, I've got um, several different um, um, resources available for your listeners, um, including a PDF that is uh, going to help you figure out how you feel about money. Um, it's uh, an exercise called the five whys that I love. Um, I love introducing people to. Uh, there's a link on that page to, uh, to purchase the book and, and a link to purchase the audiobook because I know a lot of times people who like um, uh, podcasts are, are avid audiobook listeners. Uh, and then you can also find my book uh, anywhere books are sold. Uh, I like telling, um, sending people to bookshop.org if you're gonna buy online because that helps uh, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, that helps um, with your local bookstores, but uh, you can also, you know, go to um, Amazon or any of your local bookstores and you should be able to find it on the shelf. Awesome. Well, if you enjoyed as much as I did, show Emily your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to emilyguyberkin.com. That's E-M-I-L-Y-G-U-Y-B-I-R-K-E-N.com slash L-B and take advantage of that PDF and going through the five whys. That's a wonderful exercise. If you're not familiar with it, check that out and pick up a copy of the book wherever you buy your books. But bookshop.org is a great way to do that. And also the audio book will be available as well. Thanks again, Emily. Thank you so much for having me. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together.